What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hardcore Troubadour. My name is Brian Wallace. And I'm Tyler Short. And we are welcoming you to part two of our exploration of some of the works, you know, arguably the most critical, um, iconic works of Mr. Bruce Springsteen. Um, so hopefully, as you're listening to this, you got a chance to listen to part one. Um, if, you know, these records that we're going to be talking about today are your primary interest, you could start here too, I guess. But, um, you know, in the first episode, we spent some time just talking about our own connections to Bruce, um, the connections to Steve Earle, you know, who is one of the central figures of this podcast, obviously, and then had the intentions of like digging into several records and managed to get through two. Two of them. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Frankly, because, I mean, we had so much to say, um, but we talked about Born to Run and Darkness on the Edge of Town um, and just decided for the sake of length that it made sense to make this one a two-parter, which actually I, I am stoked about. So before we jump in with The River, Tyler, how you been, man? Um, all over the place. It is uh, a few days after Christmas right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and since we did that part one, I have been to California for, for the Children Festival um, with, uh, well, I only got to see the second day, the day that we played. So I got to see in, uh, Terror and Internal Affairs and yeah, man. Uh, Minus and Take Offense. Those were, those were my big bands I was excited for. Um, and uh, it was cool. It was good. Um, Inclination had a good set. Um, we played the small room. So my buddy Xavier, who had hand in putting it together, plays in uh, Vamakara mm-hmm. and Law of Power and several other uh, West Coast um, hardcore bands and metal bands. Um, he said that both days he tried to put a band that would be irresponsible to put in the upstairs. <laughs> and he said that we were that band on the second day and uh, Koya was that band on the first day. So, yes. Um, so yeah, we, uh, it, judging off of Koya's set, I was excited to play um, in the small room. Although man, I am, I am such a fucking liability on a small stage. Like I was running in to everybody i'm sure i was running to caleb i was running to peter i was running into isaac i lost the mic during almost every single song and i spin kicked the drums at one point and knocked like (laughs) cymbals over and it was mess chris was really mad at me he was so mad at me yo Um, fun for the crowd but not as fun for your bandmates huh oh no they hate me um, and I don't blame them. I, I, I fucking deserve it. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it was fun. It was cool. Um, it's exhausting though. We were only in uh, we were only in LA for from the time we landed at LAX till we had to wake up and leave for LAX. We were in we were in LA for 26, 27 hours. Wow. Yeah. And. Clo- and close to like 12 of those hours were spent at a, at a venue. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, it's exhausting. It was, it was exhausting. And I, yeah. I had to, we flew home and I went straight to work for an eight and a half hour shift. That's the thing the next with you. Yep. And then the next day I worked a 14, 15, something like that. Man. So it was, uh, 
it, I'm 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 sick and I'm ready to uh I I'm I'm making it a point after that New York show we are uh I'm going to take a vacation. Fuck yeah. Yeah, like I'm a proper gonna, vacation. I'm, I'm just gonna take that week as va- well. I mean, proper yeah. vacation of you know. I think um, me and Ashton talked about maybe going snowboarding. I've never been, and she went yesterday. So oh no shit, that's awesome. I, uh, yeah, I'm gonna find out how bad at that I am. I've um, never been either, but you know, our our buddy Chad Letty loves it. Um, I think he just started like last would. year, and but you know, of course, like started like a year ago and is already like looks fucking awesome at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he's like a cruiser skateboarder, like transition skater. So like, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's like um, the thing I was I was explaining to one of my one of my coworkers because we were talking about, it and they were like, they were like, well, you'd probably be good at snowboarding, right? And I was like, I don't know, because uh, like to be honest, like skateboarding is the, in my opinion, the pussiest thing you can do. Well, You're not <laughs> attached to it. <laughs> you can huh. kick it away. You can jump off. At any moment, you can just abort what you're doing. Like even rollerblades are attached to your feet. That's true. If you're falling, you are going to eat shit. On a skateboard, you can most likely just kick it away and run it out. You can bail. Yeah, I mean, it, you can I guess bail. The, you can run it. You can run it out. A depends lot depends on. You can, yeah, but, but I think a, a lot of people still end up injuring themselves in pretty gnarly ways, even even if they yeah. get rid of the board. But like that's my thing with like biking. I would never do that. You got to be a fucking psychopath to want to to want to BMX. Like that's crazy. Dude, you're so funny, man. Like just the things that because I you know a lot of people, especially that have seen your bands play, you know, or you watching a band, frankly, I think would probably assume like this dude has no regard for like life and limb of his own. I mean, you know what I mean? And little, but, but, but it's, when it's I, funny then the things that you look at and are like, fuck, that dude's crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, but that's my that's thing awesome. with snowboarding. It's like, it's like, yeah. you can't kick the board away. You got to stuck on it. You're so attached. if I'm going to fall, I'm just going to have to fall. Yeah. Um, oh, but well, yeah, so I don't know We're uh, so that's my plans for in between New York. And cause when, when we get home from New York, that's like four days and then we play the record release show at home. Yeah. And then we go to Chicago. So Fuck I'm yeah, going man. to take that week to chill you, and uh, not rush right back to work. Much needed and well-deserved. And I mean, yeah. and before we move on to like, shout out to For the Children, like just the way that that has, you know, as it's grown over the years and become like a, I think gone from being like a very, you know, I mean, it's still very LA, obviously, but yeah. like from, you know, what I think what it was a smaller thing to seeing that grow into something that like people travel towards bands are coming oh, in no, from I mean, all dude, over and we, i talking to them like they were like because sound and furies basically jumped the shark mm. we were talking like is is ftc the new sound of fury <laughs> i mean you know possibly <laughs> and then the, just the combination too that like everybody that's coming in the door like has to bring something you know for the kids and so it's like the the fact that it's you know the the name really means something and i've just you know, at this time of year, I'm not big on Christmas, but it is shit like, you know, especially having a kid of my own now, you start to think about that and think about like, you know, people who either kids who don't have anybody looking out for them or like parents who want to do their best, but just can't afford shit, you yeah. know, and just the difference of, you know, some hardcore kids generosity on their way to a show, like legit, um, 
provided some joy for some people that really, really needs it. So shout out to everybody that's played a part in organizing for the children um, now and in the past and all the bands that played, all the people that have traveled. Cause it's just fucking, it's so dope. Like, I mean, you know, hardcore rules, nobody needs to hear me say that, but it's like mm -hmm. just the shit that <clears throat> the shit that we do without giving it a second thought. Um, yeah. I mean, dude, they, they, they gathered like two U-Hauls full of toys. Yeah. That's incredible. You incredible. know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody um, brought bikes. <laughs> dude, that rules. Like that there is were like seriously. like three bikes in there. And I'm just thinking now that Christmas is a few days out, though, it, it fucking, I know, made a bunch of kids like year. Um, and so, yeah, and no, everybody. I'm, I'm lucky. Yeah. I'm lucky. I had a great childhood. I had a great <laughs> Christmas every year. My parents, my parents took care of Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. For me. And I realize now as an adult, like how, like, goddamn. Did yeah, my mom like know me <laughs> totally totally like she knew me she like would get me the coolest shit yeah just, like and even though you know it, all of it was it wasn't expensive you know it was like four dollar action figures and stuff but god they got me like 10 <laughs> dude and that's what you wanted you know that's what made the day feel special it wasn't about and, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, I, I'm I'm really lucky. I always had presents under that tree, and yeah. I always felt special. That rules. I love that. So, and so yeah, every no, and, and every kid cool. deserves to feel that. And if it's absolutely, you know, if anybody, you know, I think this is truly one of the times of year. Not to get all you know cheesy and sentimental, but if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that Tyler and I are not afraid of being cheesy and sentimental. Um, you know that's little shit like that can end up making a huge difference in somebody's day or take, take a time of year that I think for a lot of people is not a joyful one and is actually yeah. like a lot of a bummer and instead turn it into something that just brings somebody some happiness and the world is a fucked up place. And so never minimize, um, you know, what a small act of kindness can do. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. One one of the things I said during our set is like how cool something like this is cuz like it's it's kind of up to us to do things for each other because if you sit around and you wait for the state or the government or you know a corporation to do the right thing. Yeah. It's never going to fucking happen. You nope. got to do it yourself. Absolutely. You know, and that's I think we are 100% in agreement on that and you know that's the fucking cool thing about hardcore is we don't just talk about that. We live like that. Um, so man, I'm so glad y'all were a part of that. And I mean, you mentioning New York, I'm, I'm just stoked. Uh, you and inclination will be here in a couple of weeks. That show is going to be so killer. Um, Dude, me too. Yeah, man. And yeah, you need some time off. Fuck. I'm just imagining how exhausting <laughs> it is though. Cause I mean, you know, just because of how busy everybody is and the other bands and stuff like that, y'all end up doing so many, you know, fly in, fly out or drive in, drive out super quick. And it's not just that like how exhausting the travel is, but it's like, you know, as much as touring is exhausting, it's like, it's hard to keep good momentum that way. Right. Cause there's oh, something yeah. about when you play every day. Mm -hmm. you know, and, I mean, I have not been on a long tour in many years, but I, I remember that like, you know, a few shows in just fucking clicking, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it feeling really good. And so it says a lot just about how fucking talented and committed you all are that you're, you're doing that, even though it's like one off here. And then a couple of weeks later we play here and do that. And it's still every video I've seen is yeah, I mean, on point. We've played on no practice. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that we're shows... not going to, I don't think we're going to get to practice before New York either. So, and you're still going to kill it because we'll that's, how, <laughs> that's how with you are. No, you're going to be fucking great, man. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, uh, like Tyler said, we're, we're recording this a few days out from Christmas. Um, it's been nice. I, I get, you know, I work in education, so I've gotten a little time off work, um, and some extra time with my kid, which is both awesome and exhausting because instead of him going to school all day, he's with me all day. Um, but I'm here for it. But I think the biggest thing though, that I would report is, um, you know, I don't talk about my own shit that much, but I hit a big milestone a few days ago, Tyler. I don't think you know this. I am officially a member of the 40 and up Edgeman club. I turned 40 on December 23rd. Bro, you're, you're a fucking Christmas birthday. I didn't know that. Yeah. Two days before I share a birthday. Damn, happy birthday, buddy. Thanks brother. You. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't fucking tell people you know, I'm not on like social media or anything. So, um, but fucking, uh, you know, I share my birthday with Eddie Vetter and, uh, Dave Murray of Iron Maiden, two very important people. Um, but yeah, hit 40, still straight edge, still a hardcore kid, still I mean at, at 40, off. it's like, well, you're if you're straight edge, you're you're why why would you stop now? Oh my god. I, I mean, I think for much younger than that, I've known, I mean, and people obviously that I love deeply and what they're doing doesn't change the way that I, you know, think about them as friends, but like, yeah, you get to a certain point and I'm like, what are you what are you doing, man? Um, cause you know, once I think it's just not something we have to think about anymore. You know what I mean? Um, there was a Mm -hmm. time in my life where I was like consciously, like I am choosing this lifestyle, et cetera. And now I really don't have to give it a thought. And actually the other night, uh, I was with a buddy at a hockey game, uh, which is not something I do very often, but like got some tickets as a gift and it was a lot of fun. And some dudes turn around and are like, Hey, you know, like I live around here, right? Are there what's like the, what are some good bars to go to after the game? And me just being like, I'm the wrong person to ask buddy. Yeah. I was like, honestly, I would either ask somebody that has a beer in their hand or fucking Google it, man. I don't know. Um, so it's just, yeah, just a funny thing like that. I'm like, yeah, I, I, it seems like there's bars all around. Pick one of them. I don't know if any of them are better than any other. I don't know if any of them are cool. (laughs) You might the only do the only thing I pay attention to at bars are the wings. Good. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Totally. I, could, I could fucking give a shit less. Oh, I did forget one thing. Uh, the the day the day. The last time we were when we were scheduled to record this episode before we had to push it, um, I did see Margot Price the day before. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. How was that? She was great. Unsurprising. Yeah, she was great. She did two Loretta Lynn songs. She did an Elvis Costello song. Um. She didn't play as much off of one of her records that I would have liked to have heard. I mm. really wish I could have seen her before this most recent record came out. Mm-hmm. Um, just so I could have seen more of those songs. But uh, it gave me a new appreciation for the record she did just put out last. Uh, um, that's how rumors get started. And um, it made me more excited to hear her next record because she played a couple songs off it. Yeah. It kind of fucking rips. That's awesome. Was it in, in but, uh, Louisville? Yeah, yeah, me and my dad went and saw her. Oh, that's um, awesome! It was uh, it was a good night out with the with the pops. Yeah, cool. dude, that's so cool that y'all still go to shows together sometimes. That's awesome. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, I love it. Um, well, yeah, Tyler. I mean, we've given, we've checked in. We kind of you know caught everybody up from where we left off with part one. 
Should we go ahead and dive back into the boss? Let's let's dig into the river. Let's dig into the river, man. Um, I mean, Tyler, you kick us off. I don't have something to say about every single song on this record. There are a lot of them, but um, I've got something, if not, uh, if not uh, just a sentence or two on each, at least at least each song, at least enough to say, should this song exist? (laughs) Yo, and I'm curious to see, too, if we'll agree on some of those. Um, This is. Oh, this is one of the, the, you know, I mean, how do I say this? Like, there's a lot of shit on this record that I really don't like. Um, And there's some shit on it that I think is some of the most amazing songwriting of Bruce's career. Um, It has 19 songs, right? 19 songs. Yep. Yep. And released originally as a double LP. Holding Um, it right here. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's eleven on the first LP, um, and then there's nine songs, so twenty actually. Um, and so I think before we start talking about songs individually, one thing, as Tyler and I were discussing, yeah, you're right, twenty. Before, Fuck. Yeah, before was just, you know, I think if this was a single LP. Um, this would be hands down like an excellent record. Um, maybe one of my favorites, but because there's just a lot of stuff on here that I wouldn't even call filler, man. I would call some legit yeah. just shit I don't like. Um, yeah, I would it, say this still might be my third favorite Bruce Springsteen record. Okay, interesting. I still think I like it as a whole more than Born to Run still. Yeah, I don't. I know, I know, I, I, I know you don't because you have a little bit more affinity for that record than I do. But yeah, yeah. I still, I think there's more here for me than there is on that. But if you lost all the trash on this, it is securely the third best. Yeah, Christian record. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't disagree with that. So, how do you want to, um, how do you want to do this, Tyler? Because I, like I said, on this, I don't, I don't have notes on every single track. I've got some notes on some of the shit I love. And then a, a let's just go things. song for song and we'll, we'll at least give a, a, a gladiator thumbs up, thumbs down. And if I've got anything else on it, I'll, 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 I'll call out my, my thoughts on some of these things. Let's do it. All right. Ties the bind. Great song. Yep. Yeah. Good it's opening a, track. Good it's opening a keeper. Track. Uh, Tom Petty vibes. That was my, uh, yes. My feeling on this song. I Tom Petty. I think vibes. it's something about the melody, the melody in the song, mm-hmm. like and kind the, of the the cadence, the rhythm of it a little bit too. Yeah, happy, happy, bright song, bright song. I think this was one of the singles, um, of this record, um, and yeah, because I think there a few years ago, I'm like looking now that they called, they released like a like a box set on the 35th anniversary of the river. So if this was mm-hmm. 1980. I think that was 2015. Um, <clears throat> and they called the box set, the ties that bind. Um, okay. Because it, you know, includes like all the river sessions, plus like mm-hmm. a lot of extra stuff, demos, et cetera. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm realizing as I look at this too, like I, on this like side a of, um, of the first LP, I'm, I'm very like one on, one off, one on, one off. Um, 
but I think the ties of bind is a great opener. I totally agree with Tom Petty vibes and um, the second track that follows Sherry Darling is one of my least favorite Bruce Springsteen songs of all time. I hate it. Man. Really? That's Dude, amazing. It's so fucking I, corny. <laughs> I got like nothing really on it except for it's kind of like a lively track. You know, it's yeah. fine. And uh, I wrote Island Vibes. Yeah, I could see that. Another song on this record that has Island Vibes too. I wrote, <laughs> I'm going to read this out loud and, you know, apologies in advance to our listeners from Long Island. I know that there are several of you actually. Some of this shit starts to sound like Billy Joel to me. That is not a compliment for me. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. I, I just, I think it's really corny. Um, I like, and I, yeah, I visualize sort of the like, you know, that early eighties, like, you know, Billy Joel doing Uptown Girl. Kind of like, I can hear it. I can yeah, totally hear it. Yeah. It, you're saying it. I can totally hear it. Which it seemed like that stuff. I mean, that stuff really popped and clearly, you know, did well at the time. But um, it's, it, you know, I think what I can say is like, it's not what I'm looking for from Springsteen. No. Right. And so that's why no. it doesn't really. This work is not what I reach for Springsteen. Nothing on this record so far is what I reached for for Springsteen. Even the first song. I mean, the thing I like, or the, one of the thoughts about it is, oh, it sounds like Tom Petty. Right. And I, and we love Tom Petty. So we think it's a good song, but it wouldn't be yeah. like a defining mm -hmm. Bruce Springsteen track. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, nothing on this is like is like is uh what what feels like is honest or as gritty. Yeah. Or sort of um, you know, like kind of dark. Yeah. Which is kind of what I reached to for Bruce Springsteen. It's totally. like the ugly, the ugly truths and whatnot. Right. We're very um, drawn to the darker stuff. Um, yeah. what do you think about Jackson Cage? It's fine. Doesn't stick out to me. Yeah. It's a again, it's a I'd give it a thumbs up. Like, I think it's a keeper for me. Yeah, um, sure. But I'm, you know, not one of my favorites. Yeah, Ties the Bind and Jackson Cage. I'll keep them. Yeah. What about Two Hearts? Um, Cute little track. Uh, driving <laughs> and doesn't go on long enough to overstay its welcome. You know what? I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> that's, a, you know, it's a good... If one of the things I'm saying about it is it doesn't go on long enough to overstay its welcome exactly that shows that means it like that if it did go on long enough i would be i was saying this song sucks right i mean it's two minutes and 42 seconds that just aren't necessary for me right and i yep. mean I, I i hate to be repetitive already when we're still in the first quarter of this like <laughs> double lp but yeah it's just mm -hmm. it's it's a song that i would absolutely cut and make this like a perfect 10 songer um so we're already in an, we're already down to this record is only two songs long and we're four songs in that's right um okay. yeah but the tracks the 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 song that comes after it um independence day is a song that i like as well what do huh. you think about that one it's fine i guess just a little boring to me it's boring yeah but i don't know it's it's boring in a way that doesn't um i don't know offend me as much as maybe some of the other ones um as much as that might sound like a dramatic thing to say um yeah, i like the link I'm 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 looking at the length on Independence Day right now because that's the thing that really a, gets me on this record. You know, it's uh, you know, it's almost five minutes. It's four forty six, so it's the longest. Okay. Um, it is other than it is the longest song on this side, and other than the title track, it's the longest song on this. Um, on you know, uh, record one of the double okay. LP. Um, I like the Irish flute. Um, I think that gives me you know. Okay. The, 
I always, I'm a sucker for it. Gives me, you know, some pogues and Irish trad vibes. Um, so that's, those are the reasons why it's a keeper for me, but it's still okay, not so like a side one. You're keeping three songs, keeping three songs. Yep. I think I'm keeping two. Okay. So you're not keeping independence day. Now I'll lose it. Okay. Fair, fair. Um, I am excited though, to talk about side two, because I mean, I'll say this. It opens and closes with two fucking phenomenal songs, in my opinion. So it opens with Hungry Heart, which was a huge hit single. Yep. Do you like Hungry Heart, Tyler? This is the song that I was familiar with off this record. Yeah. Before digging into it, really. Um, I wrote, uh, it's, um, I said, I think I like tracks on this record more, but it's got swag for sure. It's got swag. It is just catchy as hell. And did you know, Tyler, that Bruce Springsteen originally wrote Hungry Heart for the Ramones? No, that's amazing. Yes. I can hear that. Yeah. So this, and he didn't reveal, I mean, some people might've known, but as I was doing, you know, a little bit of research um, on the river and I was looking up some things about this song, it was apparently... Um, in 2015, when they put out this 35th anniversary box set for the river, uh-huh. he went on fucking Jimmy Fallon and they did an interview. And that was the first time, like, you know, publicly he kind of told the story um, just of how, like, you know, I mean, and this was, this would have been, I think, 79, the the record came out in 80. Um, and it's it's actually worth like looking up you know, on YouTube, like the interview, it's not very long, but like the, the quick highlights are he had befriended Joey Ramone. Um, and they like, I don't know how it came about that. Like, Hey, I could write a song for y'all. He wrote hungry heart, either played it or played a demo of it for Joey. And Joey Ramone was straight up like, Bruce, I think you better keep this one. (laughs) Like kind of like, you know, new. So as as much as I totally agree with you, it was like, I could hear, you know, this song being adjusted. Dude, I would have loved to have he- heard that, that played by them too, though. Oh my God. I know. Would, and so would that have, it would have landed on into the century or pleasant dreams. I think, yeah. One of those, um, that would have been so sick. It would have been so sick. And there's a, on, I didn't listen to it yet, but I just took note of it mentally. There are people on YouTube have like <laughs> tried their best to be like, now that we know that, here is if, yeah. a version of Hungry. Here's what it might have sounded like, you know, Hungry Heart in the style of the Ramones. Um, That's amazing. So I might it's dig like into a, that later, but it's like the Jurassic Park. This is the, w- 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 like the, we got the dino DNA out, and we're just Dude. doing, you know, slicing it with some frog. We'll see what happens. Totally, totally. Just because, yeah, That's it was. Amazing. I mean, it was already so many years after uh, Joey died, and I want, and I think some of the others maybe too. Um, you know, if, if he didn't kind of make that public until 2015. So we never got to a chance to like hear the Ramones properly do that Damn. song. Um, That's wild. Of, of all of the big Springsteen songs, like that I feel like Hungry Heart is, is amongst that though. Like it's in the, the pillars mm-hmm. of, you know, iconic Springsteen songs. This is, in my opinion, one of the weaker ones which mm. I think might attest to the fact that he was writing it for someone else. 
You know, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and let me, um, also uh, on, on a, on a Steve note, um, on a Steve roll note, uh, very similar, um, week of living dangerously. Like, yeah, I could totally, I I hear that. I hear that influence of, you know, like the, you know, went out for a drive and I never went back. Like, you know, just kept driving down the road just i yeah i didn't make that connection but you're so he's not talking on. about throwing the the car seat in the dumpster but <laughs> right but yeah i mean I, bruce would never say something like that unless he was obviously playing a character yeah. um so i i totally see that let me just you i gotta correct myself but here's the story like real quick it's a let me read one paragraph okay. real quick i saw the ramones in asbury park And we were talking for a while and I was like, man, I've got to write the Ramones a song. So I went home and I sat at my table and I wrote it in about the time it took for me to sing it. Fuck you, Bruce. I brought it in and we went to make a demo for it or I played it for Johnny. And he said, nah, you better keep that one. He was right about that. It did pretty well. Hungry Heart was the first Bruce Springsteen single to break the Billboard top 10. Um, Really? Yeah, because if you think about it, I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, still early in his career. Yeah, yeah, still, still early. Um, so yeah, wild story. So yeah, it was, um, you know, Ronald Reagan's favorite punk rocker Johnny Ramone that he played it for. Um, but that is just such a wild story that I had never heard before. So another thing that I'm getting just out of fucking talking about music with you, man. So cool. But yeah, Dude, that's I, crazy. That's crazy yeah. to think that Born to Run didn't break the top ten. It didn't. No, it charted, That's but wild. this was his first top 10 single. Yeah. Huh. It hit number five. You know? Yeah. That is fucking wild. Yeah. So Hungry Heart, again, I think you you summed it up really well, though, Tyler, like of the kind of like iconic Springsteen singles. Um, one of the weaker ones, but I think still. But it's still good. Still good. <laughs> right. Still just so catchy. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it's a keeper for me, for sure. Yeah, no, definitely keep her. And even just looking at this side too, I think I keep most of these songs. Interesting, because I... You lose out on the street? I I, I lose everything but the river. Honestly. Really? Yeah, man. I, I, I can skip everything until until the river. Damn, um, all right. I, I think out on the street's cool. I wrote, uh, I like the chorus and the piano. I mean, I could say, again, it's like not, is it my least favorite um song on the record no um but it's if if i was really trying to keep this to like a you know 10 to 12 song lp it's uh-huh. not one that i would keep damn so you lose crush on you too yep that's my favorite song on the record that's your favorite song on the record i love the riff you tyler you like that song better than the river <laughs> yes i do <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad we're doing this i'm like what the yes fuck? i do um, what's wrong with you no go ahead I, tell uh, me i wrote this song fucking rocks out of the wicked attitude for a song named what it is <laughs> yeah I wrote, I, it's 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 a rager and uh i wrote the collapser fucking choice man i think it's cheesy i think it's fun i do that riff the riff the guitar is sick it's a good yeah it's a good riff i'll give you that's a great riff that's definitely i told you dude i told you in the first part of this i said my favorite bruce springsteen songs aren't about anything that's a you know i hear you on that it's um 
I mean, yeah, that's a that's a Stephen Van Zant riff for sure. And I, I love that's awesome the songs yeah. that are about things too. But my favorites are always the ones that are about nothing. Fair, that's fair, man. Um, Except I did actually change my mind on one of them. Which one? The the my favorite in Nebraska, because of oh. this, because because of this delay, I've listened to that record so many more times. Okay, that I changed my opinion on what my favorite song on the record was. Oh, I'm excited to talk about that. Which um, I found my favorite song on the record in this exercise because I did like some songs on it, but figured out there was one I liked a lot more that I wasn't really as familiar with. And then because I listened to it so many times, I changed what I liked it again. That's and I think I'm I think I finally landed on my favorite. But uh, but yeah, so crush on you. I'll keep it. Um, OK, you can um, look, but you better not touch. Uh, I wrote songs a little rocker for sure. I, I mean, I guess that means I could probably lose it since that's all I had to say about it. Yeah, but because uh, that's when you say it's like a little rocker, it would be like me finding myself in a bar where like a cover band is playing and like being like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I just think a- I just think there's some songs later that are no like hesitation. Fuck them. Lose them. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. And, and I agree. considering I'm only keeping two off of side one, and then I'm keeping, you know, I guess I could lose out on the street. I didn't really feel that strong on it. I can definitely lose. You can look, but better not touch. Yeah. But I can't lose crush on you. I just love that riff. Hey, man. Good for you. I, I, I won't fault you the, I won't fault you the the riff. I agree with you on that. Um, so I want, I want to marry you. No. I don't like that at all. So I wrote more island vibes, making me think of the South Park episode where they got to melt his icy heart with the warm island song. I know. Dude, and it's like, dude, it just sucks. Yeah, I (laughs) could skip. So that one's one's definitely fucking gone. And I cannot tell you, though, the contrast, though, right? Like, it goes from that into a song, the title track, that I, no lie, Tyler, I think out of the probably hundreds of times in my life I've listened to this song, I have teared up more than half of them. Really? Listening to this song, even even you know, knowing every word, knowing what's coming, just like it is like, you know, and to me, it's such a good, it's a preview to me of some of what I love about Nebraska, right? Just yeah. the, like the, the, like the sad, like mellow, like, you know, this obviously has a, the full band plays a part in this, but like this song works solo too. Um, this is the song that made me want to learn how to play the harmonica, which I really? can kind of play. You know what I mean? <laughs> like not, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, like say like, I'm ready to do it on a song, but like, I remember, I first learned that harmonicas have keys and you need fucking different ones depending on the song you're playing. And that's mm-hmm. why fucking John Popper from Blues Traveler had that huge ass vest with 20 harmonicas in it. Um, because I was like, I want to play along with the river. And I had a harmonica that was like in the wrong key, which is why I couldn't do it. So I, so I bought one, a super cheap one. Anyway, this to me, the river is Springsteen's songwriting at its best. And it also just shows like, yo, he can do the big, huge band, rock and riff stuff, mm-hmm. like fucking saxophone solo. And he can also do, you know, acoustic harmonic with like minimal 
accompaniment or or all alone and then and then yeah the the lyrics like um yeah the lyrics are really fucking good I, this, this is your this is your favorite song this is my favorite song like hands I called down it. i yeah. called it yeah you you know me well and i mean it's just the way it tells the story um like god the like yeah for my 19th it's definitely it's definitely a fucking just yeah heavy it's heavy for my 19th birthday i got a union card and a wedding coat we went down to the courthouse and the judge put it all to rest no wedding day smiles no walk down the aisle no flowers no wedding dress and then the you know is a the 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 line the last like you know uh verse line before like the final chorus and outro um now those memories come back to haunt me. They haunt me like a curse. Is a dream a lie if it don't come true? Or is it something worse? Um, like, fuck. Like, sitting in that of, yeah. like, would it have been better to have never wanted anything at all? You know what I mean? Um, if if this is where life ended up. And if, yeah. So it gives me chills. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fucking, it's, it's the story of, literally every kid in the neighborhood i grew up in yo it's either this or they're dead dead or in dead in jail or this i very much relate to that as well um from where i grew up in memphis um um i did write one thing though for this one that just just to give you my state of mind in this exercise yes real realized i was only halfway through at this point angered immediately (laughs) Dude, totally. It's it's just <laughs> Bruce, it's just too much. Like you don't need like and even coming away with uh because that's the other thing too. I you know, I do have some keepers off of um the second record, but like yeah, it just it, it you know, if if you're thinking about us going through in these records in order, this is I'm with you. Like it it started to feel like like a task, like a homework. Yeah, this this one started to feel like a chore. Yeah. I'm I'm totally with you there. Um, so yeah, so even though like the river is not your favorite, you'd still keep it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. no. Like it, this is if if there were a song that was my second favorite, it's the river. Yeah, I, I was just, just love that riff. And I was just confirming, my dude. Dude, I love that. I won't fault you the riff, but it's just it's not enough for me. Um, <clears throat> speaking of too long. Um, dude, I'm looking to... at the lyrics for this song. It's like the whole fucking page long. It's so fucked up, and it goes on to the other side, dude. That's it's so fucking long, dude. Like I thought, I write a lot of lyrics. No, nope, nope. And like for such a boring song. And to know that he like, at least from the way he talked, I mean, I know the process is probably different for different songs, but you know, like Bruce like shits him out. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah, wrote, he wrote, he said, I wrote hungry heart in the amount of time it takes to sing the song. And so yeah. it just means like so many of these like iconic all time songwriters, if this is what we're hearing, there's fucking 600, so many more. 600 so songs many more. that never, yep. never made it past the demo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's still like, blows my mind because like you know i've i feel like i have pangs when it's like you know we decide that one song is not good enough to make the record or whatever mm-hmm. because it's like i poured so much into that and it's like dude i, I don't this put lyrics on anything until they've 
until they've told me that the the music is making it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you, I don't, like, I don't tie lyrics until until the music is is yeah. is, is, is kosher. Because you don't, don't want to get attached to something that's not going to pan out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, I I can appreciate that from from especially from like the lyricist vocalist perspective. Fuck. Um. Yeah, man. What a, and it just too to like to also like contrast, right? Side A, you know, record one, side A, ties the bind, good opening track. Yep. Side two, side B, great opening track in Hungry Heart. Yep. This, you open the side. So, first of all, it's like. We're talking about the song Point Blank also. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even say. We haven't even said what song we're talking about. And how ironic that the song is called Point Blank, which implies like (laughs) getting to the point. Yeah. It does not get to the point. And it is, it it makes it feel. Oh, go ahead. I got to the point in what I wrote about it. Boring song, skip. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's all I wrote. Same. It's a skipper, <laughs> um, and it just it, it like the only extra thing to say is like, you got, dude, you got some guts to like make that the fucking opener of the second record that I already don't want to listen to, <laughs> but I will because you're Bruce. Um, yeah, man, it it skip for sure. Yep, skip. Um, let's move on to Cadillac Ranch. What do you think? Hot riff. Hot riff. I'll give you that, man. Definitely a heater. That's what I got. Yeah. That's Hot it. riff. You know, any anytime there's, you know, it, you're making an interesting point here. I'm on the fence over whether or not I would keep this, but like I keep it. It sounds like it sounds like a B side for Born in the USA. That's fair. What you're making me realize though is I hold Bruce to uh, an, a more I treat him unfairly like compared to how I treat Steve because Steve can write a fucking deep song that gets political that tells like a gut-wrenching like human story and I love it and Steve can write a song about a fucking car and I love it and then mm-hmm. with Bruce his songs about nothing um, which he has every right to fucking just riff and talk about fucking hanging out or driving a fucking car. Um, I'm more like, come on, Bruce. Um, so it just doesn't, you know what I mean? Like that's a, it's, it's interesting. Cause I'd never before realized as we're doing this, that I'm like, well, why do I like kind of like turn my nose up at it when it's Springsteen, but when it's like Steve Earl or somebody else, I'm like, fuck yeah, man, that rocks. Um, I don't know, but that's, that's kind of a, that's my response to it. So yeah, it's a hot riff. You see, I don't turn my nose up. I just, I just, uh, it's, it's got to be catchy. I've got, yeah. the, I've got. If if he's gonna write a song about nothing, it's got to be catchy. And yeah, that's where um I can be still on board with Cadillac Ranch. It's and you a really can catchy song. It's a catchy song, and I think you can. It's not like you can appreciate it for what it is, right? Like it doesn't need yes. to be more than that. As long as it, mm-hmm. um, as long as it's catchy and fucking feels good to listen to, right? Um, I'm a rocker is a skipper for me as well. For a song called I'm a rocker, it doesn't get me there. It doesn't get me there at all. Um, so that's another skipper, but I'd move on to fade away and stolen car because the two songs that end this side back to back are both keepers for me. Really? Um, fade away is yeah. a skipper for me. Mm, tell me why. Uh, no idea. I just wrote skipper for sure. And I literally can't think of the song right now. <laughs> I think there was, um, I don't even know why it's a keeper. 
to me. What did I, I didn't write enough details, man. We were both too tired yeah. to be going this deep into this record. Um, there was some stuff in here. I mean, part of the reason that you might hate it too is because similar to what we're talking about around um, um, Steve Earle's This Highway's Mine is that um, he just repeats, I don't want to fade away 400 times yep. at the end of the song. Um, yeah, that could be what that could be what kills it for me. Yeah. So how long is this song too? Uh, it's not too long. I don't know. I just I actually had the fucking thing up and then just mindlessly closed it. Um, I'm I'm on it. It is how long is it? Almost five minutes. Uh, yeah, it's too long. I, I'll we don't, give need, you it. That. We don't um, need it. Yeah, I'll give you that. What about stolen car? I like stolen car. It's a keeper for me. Uh, I wrote song is a little boring too. Uh, uh I wrote. I wrote side B, not realizing that this is side three, but I wrote side three be boring to me. Be boring to me. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was really tired when I was writing Dude, this. I don't this I'm is on with the way you. to Minneapolis that I wrote most of this. Right. And I'll g- give it to you straight too, man. I was same and I think too, it's like I'm excited to talk about Nebraska. Um, but we got a few more to go. Someone cars to keep a few more to me. go. Stolen Car is a keeper for me, and I'll go ahead and just preview. Yeah, lose it. Nah, man. Yeah, we we differ quite a bit on some of these. Yeah. Um, and then the entirety of fucking um, I'm gonna call it side D. Um, I would I could cut. Like you could cut all of it. I could cut um, all of it and fucking drive all night is eight and a half minutes long. Um, dude, what are you doing, Bruce? You have so much good shit on here. This did not need to be a double LP. Yo, for Ramrod, is that the inspiration why Car Ramrod is written into Super Troopers? Because they're in Jersey, right? No, they were in... No, um, they're in like Connecticut or Delaware, Vermont, Vermont. Vermont. They were in Vermont. Um, Connecticut, Delaware, Vermont, all the same state to me. I was about to say, dude, so you can't get mad when people try to treat... No offense to any of them. But so you can't, you're all the same state. Too. Yeah, you can't get mad then when people, you know, get fucking Tennessee and Kentucky confused. Then if you do some shit like that, man. All right. You know well, what? I'm fine. As I'm fine with when, that. Honestly, did you watch? Um, did you watch? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? When you were a kid? Yes. The Trump PB dude. When the for the final round where they had to put the fucking like siren on the on the thing. You know what I mean on the map. Uh huh. I would be screaming at the TV in my grandma's house as like a nine-year-old or a 10-year-old because I always saw them fuck up Tennessee and Kentucky and Mississippi and Alabama, like always. And I was like, you got the fucking easiest one. Like, you know, raging at it and being like, I got to be, man, I would have won this game. And then it's somebody. All these coastal elites. All these coastal elites. elites. And also it's like, you. how do you not? You know you're going on the game show. How do you not study? Unprepared. Yeah. I was like, come on. Um, anyway, you That's just made amazing. me you just made me think of that by going, this was Jersey, right? Oh no, Delaware, Connecticut, Vermont. <laughs> Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> just going up the fucking just going up the East Coast. Whatever. I don't know. It's all fucking Maine. Maine. Qu- Quebec. Nova Lots Scotia. Of trees. Um <laughs> Um, lot, for, yeah, for, for Ramrod, I wrote the uh, rock and song claps are cool, maybe a little repetitive, but good song. And then uh, and then I wrote, I feel like he perfects this type of this style of song on Born in the USA. 
I will totally agree with that. Yes. Like I can, I can hear some of what he's going for and I think it is perfected on Born in the USA. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, well, honestly, the river to me sounds like B-sides for Born in the USA, Nebraska, and Born to Run. Mm. To me, it sounds like these were all songs that didn't make the cut on those records that I think are more realized visions. Mm. Yeah. As a whole. And it, I mean, to, you know, not to skip ahead, but it does make me think about like, cause I, I, I agree with that take. Um, but also like, I don't think that was the case versus no, like, cause I mean, this is yeah, six years before. Some right. Versus Nebraska and born in the USA, which were like, yeah. Part of the same, you know, like writing sessions. Right. So, but it's two, yeah. but two completely like, like realized ideas. Yeah. Like in their, in their, in their contained, you know, parameters there to me, they, they make all those songs make so much sense together. These songs don't make as much sense together. Exactly. Yes. And it, you know, it, you can see it in the contrast to go from, I want to marry you into the river and then so many exactly. other places. And I lied. I well, one to get back to your question. I don't know if they were referencing Ramrod when they talked about car Ramrod and super troopers. Mm -hmm. We'll have to look that up. I lied. I would keep the price you pay. Um, you keep the price you pay. But I wrote the rest of the I wrote it's fine too long. It is too long. I'll give you that. Um, all the songs on this side are too long. Um, yep. It's four songs and it it's the sh least amount of songs. Um, holy shit. The last side of the double LP has the least amount of songs and is the longest. Yep, um, that's awful. At almost 22 minutes, yeah. I actually great. have a good amount on the last two songs because at this point I was not happy. <laughs> well, let's talk about it. Drive all night, an eight and a half minute journey, which, you know, maybe you were driving all night when you were thinking I about was it. driving all night. We were driving all night to Minneapolis. <laughs> Tell me about um, it. I wrote, because this is just me, like, kind of, at this point, looking at the whole the whole of what I just gone through. And I also wrote this on my second listen. I did a whole listen and then I did a second listen and then I wrote notes. Dude, you're punishing yourself, but I appreciate your commitment. Yeah. So, so I listened to this Bruce Springsteen record for over two hours. Holy shit, man. Um, I wrote, pretty sure this listen is the first time I've ever made it this deep into this record before. And I was devastated when I saw how long this song is. <laughs> I honestly think this song would be cool on a shorter record. But at this point, I'm just ready to listen to Nebraska. Yeah. that There it is. That's what I got on Drive All Night. I am with you. I didn't write anything. I just was, I don't want to listen to this. Yep. And for um, Wreck on the Highway, I wrote, this song would hit so much harder if I wasn't an hour and 20 minutes into this record at this point. Song's fine. Yeah. I'm with you. It's it fine. Is. It's not my least favorite, but it's it's a skipper for sure. Um, so folks, that's the river. And I think I think we did it justice, one by saying something about every track, but also just being clear of like, and I, you know, like, yeah, there is some fucking brilliant material on this record. There are some songs that aren't necessarily brilliant, but that are a fucking fun listen. And then there's some like shit that sucks. Um, or is it just unnecessary. Okay. Go through, count out how many songs you'd keep. All right. 
Let me do this real quick. Ten. Exactly half. What about you? <laughs> I think I keep eight. Wow. I wasn't expecting <laughs> less than me. I think I keep eight. You talked me out of some of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might have talked you talked me into uh to fucking crush on you crush on you yeah all right all right you talked me out of out on the street you talked me out of uh um independence day i think or wait you, oh man i like independence day you talked me out of uh fuck i don't know you talked me out of one of them well you're welcome yeah whatever um <laughs> It's the it third, is, it's it's the third best Bruce Springsteen record, I think. It's the third best Bruce Springsteen record, and you would cut fucking twelve of the twenty songs <laughs> off of it. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, I would. <laughs> that is the; those are the mysteries of the boss. Um, welcome to the Jersey Shore. Yo, um, I will say this, dude: the layout for it is so cool. Yeah, tell us a little bit about it, and we'll we'll post Just, some pics as you're hearing this, but. Uh, yeah, it's just like a I don't know, it's just like really cool photos and the uh for the um the the sleeves that the records actually go into, there's photos on both of them um of him and the E Street band and it's just it's a it's a really cool it's a really cool layout. I mean, the I think the color on it with the blue in the the font and whatnot on his, yeah. on just his face and the way the uh like the the typeset and everything like the looks like just like sharpie like yeah a big fat sharpie or whatever it it just it looks cool it's just a cool nice looking record i love um, that it just unfortunately has two lps in it two lps and it really only needs which one. is which is one lp too many one lp um, too many yeah i totally uh and i agree though about i love i've always loved the cover the blue like um it's fucking great um Man, can we talk about Nebraska? Yes, fucking please. Dude. For the love of God, can we talk about Nebraska? Yes. And just speaking of, I mean, this isn't you know really what I want to like spend too much time on, but just the the cover of Nebraska to me is iconic. It's fucking perfect as well. It, it's perfect. And it looks like it could be a hardcore record. Yeah. Um absolutely. I mean, it, it, to me, it reminds me of a Rollins band record. Yes, totally. I can see that, but just like the the black and red contrasted mm -hmm. with like the the gray in the photo um it's it's yeah it's one of my favorite i mean in addition I don't know, have, have you ever seen the back cover of this record yes dude just perfect wait i don't think i've seen it for, I've, i mean i've i have i had the cd but yeah just like yeah. big bold red big, letters bold on a black black background that's Looks all great. you need Looks and the coolest great. thing about it is there's only <clears throat> like 10 songs <laughs> yeah so i mean <laughs> that's the really cool part about it and I think this is probably true for both of us. I mean, this is the first time I had listened to Nebraska right after listening to the river. Um, and I've listened to Nebraska way more than I've listened to the river, but like, absolutely just some, you know, uh, to start. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go track by track. Um, so Bruce recorded these as demos on a four track, 
that he intended to redo with the full E Street Band. Um, but they ended up releasing as is. So this is the first like just Bruce Springsteen record, not Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Yeah. Um, and there is, I mean, you can hear it. Um, there's a session in 1982 with the E Street Band that they ended up calling Electric Nebraska. And what they ended up from that was eight of the 12 songs that would ultimately be on Born in the USA, which we'll talk about in a bit. And another fact, I'm just reading this all off Wikipedia, by the way. So this is not any like deep insider knowledge. Open source uh, journalism. Yeah, exactly. It's called. This is, yeah, totally. Um, fucking on January 3rd, 1982, this band recorded 15 tracks in one day. And I don't just mean like demos, like 15 songs that end, all ended up somewhere. You know what I mean? Like nuts. That's insane. Right. Like just thinking about the level of production and just how on point they are. It's, it's, it is mind blowing considering how many hours I've spent like recording one fucking guitar part. Like, so clearly not anywhere close to the talent of Bruce or the E Street Band. Um so yeah, this is I, I said Born to Run is a perfect album. I stand by it. I think Nebraska is also a perfect album. I would have a very hard time choosing one and two between these. Ne- um Nebraska is the is the first Bruce Springsteen record that I think is perfect. Fair. Knowing how you feel about Born to Run, that doesn't surprise me at all. And I agree with you though. I like it is perfect i want us to talk about all the songs um but i will i can go ahead and preview and go i don't have a skipper on this record uh i don't think i do either yeah and that's that's just wild especially considering how much was on fucking the river yep you know and especially Uh, considering how like this wasn't considered to be a uh like he he wasn't he he wasn't initially considering this finished. Totally. He literally like <laughs> sat you. was what well, yeah, right, <laughs> was sitting there being like, These are all demos. I just I'm making these so the rest of the band can hear it. Right? Yeah. That was it. And ended up being his demos were good enough to be released on their own. Insane. Um, because that's the other thing too, if you look at like personnel, right? All the other records, I mean, you know, they sound big. There's tons of people, both that were full-time members of the E Street band, like, you know, Steven Van Zant and Max Weinberg and all those folks. Um, but also like tons of guests, people putting in other stuff. This one, Bruce played, you know, vocals, guitar, harmonica, mandolin, glockenspiel, tambourine, Hammond organ, synthesizer, and production. And then shit. everything else came afterwards, you know, like mixing and mastering um after that so yeah fuck you bruce um i don't know how you do it but there's a reason you're the boss let's talk about the opener and the title track nebraska um i uh i i don't really have too much about it just because i feel like the song like says so much on its own but i wrote such a dope haunting track and um i really don't know what else to say except that this song is just cool as shit and hard hard the line that i wrote down i agree with all that is um you know if you don't know the song you should listen to it but it's about a killing spree yep. <laughs> and when they ask the, <laughs> when they ask the narrator 
why he did what he did. He says, sir, I guess there's just a meanness in this world. Um, and I've had this fantasy and I haven't used it in anything yet, but that line, there's a meanness in this world. Um, I'm going to make a connection of that into hardcore at some point. You absolutely has, should. That's, has, that's fucking incredible. Yeah. Like I, I've always thought about that line. Um, just the, 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 the bleakness and the brutality, but also the fucking truth of that line. Right. Yeah. I mean, dude, the, the song Nebraska sounds like looking at the cover. Yes. <laughs> Fuck. Like it, everything's gray, except there's also black and there's also blood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's it. Um, but yeah, such a hard opener, such a haunting song. I agree. And then it goes into Atlantic city, um, which is probably one of my favorites on the record. And that's like out of a, you know, an album that, um, I don't think I have any skippers on. I'll, I'll make a quick connection here too. You had told, um, on the first episode, Tyler, a really awesome story about, you know, as you were getting into Bruce Springsteen, like, you know, hearing like, you know, punk bands cover Bruce and it, you know, that mm -hmm. realization of even in like a very kind of like DIY, you know, punk world, Bruce being one of the mainstream artists that everybody was like, he rules, you know what I mean? And yeah. their songs and made me remember that, um, there was, um, so when I was in the band Half Acre Gunroom, there was another band at the time um, with very similar vibes called Joseph Plunkett and the Weight from Atlanta that was mostly hardcore kids playing country music. And the one of the times that I saw them, I think the first time, this always sticks with me, they covered um, Atlantic City. And um, it was so good and it made me realize like I knew it was a Springsteen song. I had heard it before but I think this was probably 2002. Um, it wasn't like, I don't think I had Nebraska yet. Um, and that was like the impetus to me, like buying the CD and falling in love with this record was hearing hardcore kids cover Atlantic city. So I've got That's a amazing. deep connection to this too. Yeah. Dude, my, my feelings on Atlantic city are, <laughs> I, I hate to say this, this is actually, one of my least favorite songs on the record really because i don't care for springsteen for springsteen's version of this song what what version do you like better the band interesting i think their okay. version of the song is 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 much better than this one but i will say dude like as a person who like <laughs> has severe death anxiety atlantic city is such a pretty beautiful song yeah for me, who's like afraid to die. Everything like dies. it's, it's literally something that like brings me so much comfort. Yeah. Like everything about the song brings me so much comfort. And the idea that like everything dies and that's a fact, but maybe everything someday comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Like just everything about that just like makes me feel like they're like, there will be like, some kind of an answer to why we're here. And even if that was just like to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's powerful. Right. And I, I've, 
now as soon as we're done, I'm going to listen to the band's version again. I have heard the band's version, but it's been and a it's, very... and it's years later too. Yeah, I, I looked a... it up. It's 1990s when their their record wow. comes out. It's been a very long time since I've heard it, so I don't know. Like, I'll be interested to hear it with fresh ears. But I love this version, um, <clears throat> and I appreciate it's good. I mean, it's it's good. It's yeah. a great song, but just I think they arrange it in a way that I that just I like it more. But it could be even just the fact that Bruce was just like laying this down. Yeah, just I mean, likely one take. Here's me like sitting here. I'm making a demo for the band. You know, like that was but, it. But the band, when they went into recording, yeah. they had figured out how they were going to do it and, you know, right add on. different things and like use different things that like I think brings the song to life a little bit more. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it is a great song. Yeah. I just think this performance of it isn't my favorite one. Fair. Fair. Um, <clears throat> let's go to Mansion on the Hill. Um, this again, it's a, it's a song that I think is good um but i wouldn't say it's one of my favorites on the record um, i think it's just got a cool message i i agree like it, it's again it's more of springsteen's like storytelling mm -hmm. at its best um the the music and the vocal melody don't catch me as much um as some of the other stuff on this record but again it is a it is a very good song um do you got yeah, anything no, else? I, like it's just a nice song of like wealth inequality. <laughs> totally. I mean, which is like, theme. especially living yeah. like where, where I live, like not like, like outside of Louisville, you have tons of communities and little towns that like are just like squalor surrounded by, or like surrounding like the richest person in the County who yeah. lives in a giant house. And <laughs> has everything they need and and often literally in many parts of the country i know it's true it's like who who live up yeah like you know so they're you know here's a here's a neighborhood out of the, out of the flood out of the flood plains exactly <laughs> yeah like here's a neighborhood that's prone to flooding we don't have that problem right it's it's every it's piedmont in oakland it's you know it's all over the place um it makes me think of that a, uh was it um was it mission hill the the cartoon where like set the, in Boston, yeah, and all the is it the um is that is it, is it Mission Hill where like the the family lives in like the toxic waste area? I think so. I vaguely remember that cartoon, and the only reason I knew anything about what Mission Hill was was from the Suicide File song. Suicide Mission File, Hill Mission Party. Hill Party. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you know I yeah I think that that, point, that that song comes to mind when I hear this song too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's it, like it, a, a theme about class that like fucking across generations, like people are able to connect to. And I think that's a big part of why it's a good song. Um, and then we move into three songs like about cops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is just fascinating too. Cause I had never thought about like kind of them being in order, but also like the different perspective kind of of yeah. each one of them right mm -hmm. no yeah. i think dude i uh i've never really even thought about it like i guess when i hear johnny 99 i think about it more from the from the perspective of the criminal yeah right that i get but i guess i mean yeah it is about cops <laughs> yeah about a you know a dude losing his uh his um 
ability to sign the social contract. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's a, it's um, I mean, it, sticking out, I think, from some of the other songs on this record, it is a little more of a a rocker as much as yeah, I it's, can it, it it rocks. It's got an attitude. Yeah, more than the yeah. other songs. The other um, songs are kind of dreary. Yeah. And this one he wanted, you know, like that's the other thing that's powerful. This like, you know, Johnny um Johnny got you know got ninety nine years, but he wanted to be executed instead. Um yeah. so yeah, it's um this is another song that a lot of folks have covered um since I know I've heard the I've heard the Johnny Cash version. Um I don't think I've ever heard that. Yeah, you know, it was during that later era for him where he was doing so many covers, right? And I yeah. think the, like, you know, Hurt by Nine Inch Nails and Rusty mm -hmm. Cage by Soundgarden are like two of the most famous, but he covered, um, he covered Johnny 99. I want to say he did Highway Patrolman too. Um, I could be wrong about that. I could see him fucking ripping that song. Holy shit, dude, just looking at how long some of the lyrics are. Yeah. In that song, that's fucking Highway Patrolman has such a long, a long lyric. Yeah, and it's I mean it, it's a, and it's a pure story song, right? Um, yep. Like the 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 chorus is actually like plays an important part and like bring you know bringing each part of it together, but the chorus mm -hmm. is relatively short compared to you know the just the long stories about like. Yeah. You know, and just this theme of this one being from, you know, the uh, the cop's eyes, but like, you know, my the brother cop who can't who can't exactly do his job. Yeah, because one particular person. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. And there's it is interesting to think about it because like in this song, it was, it was fascinating. When I hear the lyrics to this song, and I listen to it, I'm so sympathetic to the narrator, right? To this idea of like man who turns his back on his family he just ain't no good so like he I also to... wasn't like he, the, like it's also the idea so you know a cab and whatnot but like <laughs> dude isn't a cop by choice right he was just dude. trying to live on his farm and that's do, a good point like like that's like and that's the thing where like especially living in kentucky like the big issue in kentucky especially eastern kentucky is they're building all these prisons um and the communities want the prisons because there's no other way for them to make money that's the whole economy and so they're counties. willing to yes yeah, so they're willing to accept the fact that they're gonna like basically like incarcerate people here just because it's going to provide some jobs for some of the people around there to be able to you know afford to pay for things and to have a tax base yep. um where in fact like you could probably just take care of these people <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, which just, would like, be not have to lock people up and like make work for, you know, offenses that aren't necessary to even be locked up for. So totally. like they did, they they did like a a like a statewide thing to like crack down on opioid use, um, a few years ago, around the same time they signed like stuff to build more prisons. Yep. Like basically just saying like, hey, poor people, we don't want you loose. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and if you're the thing is, in in addition, not locking people up obviously would be more just and more humane, but also a lot cheaper. Yep. Um, and there are for every body that is, 
you know, kept in a cage, there is a lot of money to be made off of it. Um, and so there's a, a, you know, I appreciate you bringing that up too, because New York state has a very similar dynamic. Um, really? In that, yeah. I mean, there are counties in rural upstate New York where literally the only industry is, is prison. And yep, so great. that's, that's, yeah, that's why you'll find, um, land of the free. Yeah. You'll find like lobbyists, legislators, others, um, fighting tooth and nail against any kind of like legislation, no matter how mild, right. And benign mm -hmm. it is that could potentially, um, just reduce them out. Yeah. Get yep. people out, reduce the number of bodies and, and it, it adds also to this, di you know, this upstate downstate dynamic that we see um, where, you know, I'm, I'm biased as a, you know, almost 18 year resident of New York City who is, you know, like worked in low income communities for the majority of that time to seeing like, you know, you take mostly, mostly black and brown, but all poor bodies from down here and you, you know, use them and that's that's how you make your money um and like the other fucked up stuff that comes with it too you'll have these you know a county that has very few residents in general they get to count their prison population on the oh, census okay. even though you know those folks it's not like they get to vote or take advantage uh -huh. of any other services there and so it yeah. increases like the services that other people get, but it's to that point, right? There God are, damn. there are some clearly very fucking sinister inhumane forces behind that. But then also the way that it turns foreign working class people against each other, because you have a bunch of folks up there who similar to the highway patrolman in this story are just trying to make a living. Yep. Aren't like out for blood or anything like that, but find themselves born into this system where because of where they live and the circumstances that they were born into, it seems like the only way for them to make a living for themselves is through exploiting other people. And so mm -hmm. then you, you know, you just create this can, this environment where it's like self-perpetuating. Uh, yeah, totally. So damn, that's heavy. But cause I was going to make the point of like, it's interesting that I hear this story and maybe it is to your point because of the background where, you know, we find out like comes back from Vietnam what the fuck else am I going to do? Yep. So I, be I became a patrolman and I have so much sympathy for this character and his connection to his brother <coughs> and ultimate, ultimate decision for him to let go. Um, and then I contrast that with how I've responded in real life when like a New York city cop, like, you know, brutalizes somebody who didn't do shit, but then like lets a, you know, family member or friend get away with doing something heinous because like, yep. Oh, well, you know, that's so-and-so's brother. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, whatever, oh, yeah. just fucking let him go. Um, but it, I mean, Bruce, as he always does, he just shows how fucking complicated all this shit is. Um, yeah. And, and like, one of the things I wrote about it is, uh, like, I think the tone in the song is like indicative of how sad the ending is. Mm. Like the song doesn't like start on some like happy tone. It basically starts no. being like, yo, shit's fucking rough. Things suck. I basically found myself in this situation. But man, like when me and Frank here laughing and drinking, yeah, like things just seem okay. Mm -hmm. Like I always catch him when he's straight. Like 
like I, I I hang out with him when he's not doing anything fucking wrong or anything like yeah, that. And it's yeah. great. It's nice. And it's this nice reprieve I have from, you know, this, this labor that I've kind of been, you know, subsumed into because I had no other real option there. But damn, here I am finding myself where I always knew I was going to find myself yeah, man. driving through Michigan roads, yeah. chasing him to the border. Yep. And then just watching him drive out of my life, knowing watch. probably never, probably never going to see him again. Yeah, up towards the border, watch the headlights, watch the taillights disappear. Right. Yeah, Fuck. it's a great story. Great song. Great story. Great song. Um, and one that's like, I don't know, long for a reason. Right. You know the difference between here's yes, long, yes. Like, right. Like here's a long song that it feels like a labor to get through, versus here's one where it's like I need this to be long because I want to hear what happens next in the yes. story. You know, yes, it doesn't feel like he's just filling space, right? Exactly. It feels like the song kept going because the story had more to tell. Yes, absolutely. Great song, which I think the river this is another like, yeah, very it's similar. An... This is a very similar. That's where I'm saying, like, like, I think the river, the record is like a showcase of what what Bruce is capable of if he were only to focus. <laughs> Yeah, that tone and that theme to yeah. be contained within an album of all songs that sound like they were written at the same time Dude, <laughs> for the totally. same record for the same record, right? Not, I mean, not a are, smorgasbord, right? You are one hundred percent right, totally. Yeah, um, and then it moves into State Trooper, which is just so interesting. Like it is a very, it's a repetitive, almost kind of dirge. Mm -hmm. And here's what's fascinating. One, I think we even have mentioned this before. Steve Earle covered this song and yep. actually started covering it very soon after it was released. Mm -hmm. um, just a few years later, this was a big part of his live set. I also read something. I am not familiar enough with this band to make the connection. But Bruce has said before that um, State Trooper was influenced by the band Suicide, um, which was a like New York like synth punk kind of band oh in, really in this like you know late i'm not 70s, familiar with that at all yeah late 70s early 80s like definitely a part of that like that side of cbgb kind of mm -hmm. thing you know like probably playing with like talking heads blondie you know yeah. that, that that side of it and um so i mean i'm i'm curious to kind of explore them um because again it's a band as like a name i've heard of but i probably couldn't name one song um, but Bruce, I, as just, I was looking this up, had said in an interview before that, like, um, suicide was a band that he like connected with. And so I think we've already, we've, even in, in these couple of episodes, we've established Bruce Springsteen's punk credentials quite mm -hmm. a bit, um, from, you know, him befriending the Ramones and writing a song for them, or at least attempting to, and then being like, yeah, you know, the band suicide and just stuff that like knowing the glitz and glamour of superstardom later on for Bruce. It's just funny to think about him, like just going to a show at CB's and like being yeah. part of the crowd and like talking to bands after the show. But that's at this point in the, you know, late seventies, early eighties, that was very much what he was doing when he wasn't on the road. That's so sick. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, for stage trooper. Um, I think, I think I like Steve's version or Steve's cover better. I agree. I agree. Than the Nebraska you. version. Um, but this is my second favorite track on Nebraska. I hear you. Um, I don't think it makes my like top three 
And I think maybe part of that is well, because, actually, like, no, now this would be my third because I, 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 I didn't attend in that because there's this, the, my favorite track changed. Oh, so have we now we haven't gotten to my favorite. We yet. haven't gotten to your favorite yet. No. Okay. Okay. Or, or the song that was my favorite till it changed literally like three days ago. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. This is so hard, but yeah, I I'll say, I agree with you. I think I love this version. I mean, I love, I love it, but I think Steve's version is better. It just fits with him in a way. Have we hit your favorite song on this record yet? We have. Cause I think it's gotta be Atlantic city. Um, it's Atlantic city for you. Yeah. As Damn, much I as thought, I, I thought state trooper might be yours. No, I've come back to a lot okay. of other songs more over the years, but I okay. think as you've seen as a theme with me, the thing that first hooks me tends to be the thing that I Stay stick with. with. And I yeah. think that's true for this as well. Um, mm -hmm. So I think My, I'm sense. always fluid on that shit, dude. Yeah. I appreciate it that shit for me. Well, it's a one of the, like, let me ask you a question. When you restaurants that you like, do you order around on the menu or do you tend to order the same thing? I usually have two or three things I switch between. Okay. This is always a thing with me and my wife because like, there's just, we don't eat out a ton, but when we do like, if there's you go a place, for the trust me, trust I go for the things. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, and I get, she's like mm -hmm. always laughs at it. Cause she like, you know, tries different things all the time. And I'm like, dude, I don't know how many meals I have left in this world. <laughs> Like I want to, I want to, I want to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I want to enjoy yeah, it. Let I me have the shirt thing. And I was like, I don't. She was like, but you could be missing out on something. And I'm like, see, that's the beauty of it. I don't know that I'm missing out on it. I just know <laughs> that I'm. I just know that I'm enjoying what I have right now, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, but it's anyway. I don't. There's probably some psychological connection to why I'm like, yeah, I love these other songs, but I would still say Atlantic City is my favorite. Okay. Um, so let's move to let's move to the B side then. Um, used cars. Um, I fucking love this song, and it. Me too. And it lyrically, it hits home as well. Just the like. Do you, so. We're you're you're older than me, so you definitely will remember this because I think I might be the tail end of this time in America and like life, where when you're a, a family on the like when a family came home with a new car. It was like a big deal. Huge deal. And everyone knew. Everyone knew. And hell, sometimes like you would like take people in the neighborhood for a ride. Ride. Yeah. In your, yeah. In your new car. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. no. In, in your new used car. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like who, yeah, whoever no. showed up and, or you'd even let, you know, if you had a buddy that you trusted enough, you'd let him drive mm -hmm. it around a little bit. Yeah. You like know, I remember you... when I was a kid, my mom getting a new car, my dad mm -hmm. getting a new car like at least three different times in my life and just coming home to the neighborhood and people gigging in and driving around and listening to tunes in the car. Yeah. And like, just like my friends getting in and riding around and just being in the yeah. new toy. We get the it. New toy. We get it back home, pop open the hood. Half the people don't even know what they're looking at, but you want to yep. take a, you know, everybody wants to like uh -huh. come around and take a look, dude, a hundred percent. Um, and it just makes me think too, like the the visual too of like the family, sister with the ice cream cone, you know the mm -hmm. mom is nervous, the 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 dealer, you know you don't. Saying, really... oh, I wish I could, I wish I could yeah. cut you a break, but I, that's yeah, the I best I can do. It's the best I can do, right? I mean, it's me, you know, thinking about fucking Fargo, um, <laughs> that scene there too. But like, it hits home, and I really every time I've listened to this song, I picture the fucking 
I think it was a cutlass. Um, the, I think the first like knew it was used. Right. But I remember the, the first car my mom got, which I must've been very young. This was probably 86, 87. Um, and this visual, uh, you know, the, like bringing it home, like the, you know, everything about it. And just thinking like this meant the world to us, but that thought of like, yeah, we still got to ride even when we're so excited to, to have like a car that's new to us or whatever, we still got to ride in somebody's hand-me-down. Yep. Um, and you know, this, I can, I can totally think of Bruce like narrating as the kid and this being like, well, I'm never going to, if, if I, if I make it, I'm never riding a used car again. I'm only going to yep. get a new car. Um, and there's something, yeah, it really hits home and it feels very American too as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah. No, very cool song. Um, so open all night. This was my favorite song. This was your favorite. Yeah. Okay. And in a, in that, this goes to me saying again, like my favorite Bruce Springsteen songs are the songs about nothing. Yeah. And <laughs> like, it, this is just a Chuck Berry song. It's just a Chuck Berry song. And this is like the, yeah, this is the most, uh, this is a record chock full of like deeply meaningful yeah. dark storytelling so it sticks out for that it like it fits in the record which is i think why i liked it a lot because it kind of stuck out as a little bit happier a little bit more joyous totally um and and it rocks the riff is sick it's catchy it's fucking it's just a ripping little song it rocks and, i totally agree with that and the, i i was i was gravitating towards it and then and then something changed like literally like three days ago. Wow. So and we still haven't gotten to the one it changed to yet. Well, there's only two choices left. Yeah. Um, so let's let's keep going then. My father's house. Is so I'm not really remembering this one right now, but I know I liked it because I wrote it's a visceral song and uh, definitely paints a clear picture and it's worth it. Like I wrote the songs like worth existing. Yeah, I'm like blanking right now on like what it really sounds like. So I might pop my uh, my iPod next to my ear and remind myself. Yeah, I mean, while it you is, talk about it. Yeah, so it's. I think one thing to start like musically, right? I think one of the things that sticks out the most about this song is that it's got it's got a lot more just stuff on it. Um, like mandolin, glockenspiel, <clears throat> Bruce's um Bruce is doing a lot of stuff musically in this song. Um, I remember I, I remember it now that I've just gave myself a little bit of a reminder. So uh, yeah, yeah, no. And we and I feel like this, this is, is one, one before we even started diving in, we made reference to this, right? Um the like oh my God, like the um the dream like and you know, running through wind, rustling through the trees, being, you know, being scared, um, but running through, breaking through, seeing his father's house and running till he fell, shaking in his arms. Um, and then like waking back up to the reality of like, I had this dream, I went there and he was there and he like comforted me when I was scared. And now I'm back in real life 
and I drive by his house and I go to, you know, I'm just, yeah. Whew, the, yeah, no, it's a heavy song. Like, and I think heavy. the, the dude, his, uh, his cadence, like the way yeah. he, the, the way, like the rhythm of the vocals on the song is so, um, I don't know. It's so emotive to it, yeah. the song is like, as soon as I, I listened to it for a second, the, the vocals kicked in. I was like, Oh, this is a song where he sings in that cadence the whole time. And, and it's, it's yeah. so it's, it's really, um, it's really poetic. It's super poetic. And this is probably my, like, this is probably my second favorite on the record. Really? Um, just because of how deep it is. And there's just something like, I like, you know, my, um, my biological father died before we we never reconciled. You know what I mean? Um, and like that's a, you know so it's something that I f- I feel that like calling and calling so cold and alone shining across this dark highway where our sins lie unatoned because it's like it wasn't just like oh we were estranged like he did fucked up stuff to me and my mom. You know what I mean? And um, but there's still this sometimes like you know. I can feel sometimes this like yearning of what could, what could have been, you know what I mean? But, or because of what, like what I've been conditioned or even just from like nature, like wanting a father to be. And so it really hits me. I'm like getting real deep on this, but it's like literally stuff like, you know, when I pick my kid up from school and he like comes around the corner from his classroom to see me out front, he runs to me, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. like, he won't always do that. You know what yeah. I mean? But like, so I like, I I take in those moments and stuff like that. And I just, I am like so fucking happy and lucky in my life. But there was something that I really related to there with like, yeah, that's the sins lie unatoned, you know, not to, mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't call them sins. Like that's not the language yeah. I'd use, but just this idea of like, maybe now that I'm fucking older, if he would have lived, we would have got a chance to fucking talk about this stuff. And maybe he would have never been like, quote, my dad, but there could have still been something there. And we just yeah. never got that never chance. Got to build anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's, I think, I think that's part of the deep connection lyrically and the, the story that Bruce tells in this, but then also like, it's just a fucking, like the cadence you mentioned, right? Like super mm-hmm. poetic. Um, it's just, it's masterful. So this is definitely one of the standout tracks for me on an album that is full of standout tracks. Yeah, no, lots of standout tracks on this record. Like, uh, yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely like this song a lot. I'm like, I think I just didn't really get into the lyrics as much whenever I was writing this to like say more about it. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really fucking, it's a really good song. It's very, very moving. Um, but yeah, not, not my favorite reason to believe is my favorite song. Reason to believe is your favorite fucking. And in like me atheist, you know, or not atheist, but you know, non-religious me, like this song is like, it does hit me Mm -hmm. in a way because I think like even regardless of where, where you're finding faith or where you're finding that, like, like at the end of every hard earned day, like you gotta find some reason to believe. Like, I, I think that's, I don't know. I think it's a really moving, uh, like sentiment in the song yeah and the everything about how he sings the song it's so good he almost he almost howls at some point yeah like you know the in a very hard day like it's it's such a tricky but like brilliant melody yeah no it's 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 really good and 
I think maybe I think the reason why this song never kicked me as my favorite song is because I think before previously when I've listened to Nebraska, I've either tuned out about halfway through, mm -hmm. like after State Trooper, maybe I just kind of tune it out and it's just on in the background of whatever I'm doing. Yeah. And for once I listened to this enough that like I started picking up on things after the halfway point and in a way that I never did before to know that like, wow, this is a, this is a fucking song. Yeah, dude. I really, really appreciate that. And I think you make a, I mean, we've, we've talked about this on, on other episodes too. You make such a good point around just like <clears throat> the, like it's frankly, especially as like, you know, socialist communist like the 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 relationship to faith or religion right and like i can have i can be looking at two people who share essentially the same belief system one of them i despise because i feel like they use that belief system to control you know and like manipulate others or justify inequalities and another person I mean, you know, it is a fact that some of the most like, quote, religious people on this planet are some of the poorest people on yep. this planet. Right. And we can we can look at that through a Marxist lens and say that is an opiate of the masses. And I won't like begrudge that. But, um, you know, there's certain people that if they need a little opium, I'm not going to begrudge that to them. Right. If that, I mean, and also it, some of the greatest freedom fighters in world history were, you know, um, catholics in south america <laughs> absolutely dude i i read oh god i wish i could remember the name of it a book that really when i was in a phase as a as a younger person where i was more of like a militant atheist um versus like a i don't know what i believe which is kind of where i'm at right now yeah i'm, um, I'm gonna be there the rest of my life yeah i remembered i got to read this book that had such a brilliant contrast because it was about basically like african-american christianity like black mm. american christianity and just so perfectly like you know using history and so so many other things like building such a like incredible picture of the contrast about how it was simultaneously the thing being used to justify why black folks were kept in chains chains and the thing that inspired liberation yeah you know what i mean with like this from the same book the same mm -hmm. like category of religion and being like, yeah. And to this day, like, I feel that way. Like if I, I got, you know, here's a, a religious person, you know, down the street saying some shit and I like roll my eyes every Sunday morning, my elderly black neighbor plays, you know, gospel music and sings along with it. And it like warms my heart so much, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to, to yeah. hear her doing that. And it's just so, Seeing that, like you said, like it can, it has been throughout the history of humanity, a tool of some of the worst oppression and a tool of some of the most meaningful liberation in human history. And so, and I think reason to believe like hits on that, right? Stories of these like everyday fucking working people who have some fucking hard scrabble lives, but they find a reason to believe at the end of every yeah. fucking tough day. So I, man, you're just... Dude, I fucking, dude, love, I fucking love Nebraska, dude. And I, I'm just so glad record. we decided to talk about Bruce Springsteen on the podcast. Me too, man. And I also just, Tyler, wanted to, like, I really appreciate you kind of walking through, like, how this recently became your favorite song, um, you know, and, and how that switch happened. Um, but yeah, if it, 
we agree on a lot of stuff, I think, which is why when we disagree, there's always like a little bit of like, huh? Um, but goddamn, mm-hmm. Nebraska is just fucking perfection. Um, it's absolutely perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to, so we've got one more record to go through and it ain't, I mean, it ain't long like the river is, but it also like deserves its due. Um, we're going a little longer than anticipated, but I'm cool to keep rolling because cool I, I think the, a two-parter this needs to be. It definitely doesn't need to be three. Yeah, don't um, think it needs to be three either. So we're going to go to Born in the USA, which is the album that took Bruce Springsteen from popular artist to like fucking superstar, right? Yes. Um, and we talked about this a little bit Um uh, and know, I don't, I don't have this one on vinyl anymore. I used to, but I think I lost it in a breakup. Ah, uh, that's. So I need to re, I need to re, uh, reattain this record. Yeah, but so, it's a, it's a fucking classic cover too, though. Classic cover. I mean, yeah, this is like truly iconic. And there, are, there, are, yeah. you could find people out there who don't know anything else about Bruce Springsteen, but would recognize this cover. Yes. Um, it's like McDonald's. Totally. I mean, yeah, it's it's it is it is an institute, <laughs> an American institution. Is this record? Um, yeah. I mean, the things that I would say really quickly before we dig into the songs, um, we mentioned before, these songs and the Nebraska songs were part of the same sessions. The other thing to note, this this ended up being a, um, this is 12 songs, like a, a, a lengthy, I mean, you know, not by, I guess, like rock and roll of the 80s standards, but like you know, 46 minutes, 57 seconds, 12 song LP. Um but they recorded 80 songs for what ended up being on this album. And I think that's, again, as a hardcore kid, that always blows my mind when like, you know, it's fucking insane. Dude. It's, it feels painful for I us. Mean, I guess to when, like cut when music's your job, you can, you can put in overtime. <laughs> sure. It's still incredibly impressive though, to just think it's about crazy. If it takes, it takes me so much to write half of a song so that, like you know it's painful to be like no you're right it just it's just it's just not as good we we can't use it um and to think that there are fucking 60 plus tracks on the cutting room floor by the time they get to this yeah, um, it's fucking crazy so it starts with the title track um the fucking iconic born in the USA maybe one of the most misunderstood popular like yeah. rock songs in in American history. Yeah, how many politicians have used this song incorrectly? Oh my god! Yeah, just listened to the chorus and literally paid zero attention to anything yeah. else about it. Still, I don't know if they're still doing this, but at least the last time I was there, the Memphis Grizzlies basketball team, whenever they would do their fucking salute our veteran of the game thing, they would start playing this song, and I would just be like. Are you fucking kidding me? Read the lyrics. You know, like it's like this is like mind blowing. So like yeah. th- that's that's to me like shit like that is like where like I I the only way I can wrap my head around that is there are people in this world who don't like music. I mean, which is which is true. There and are people, that's got to be the people who make decisions like that. Yeah, there are people in this like world people who make decisions based on like. Oh, it says "Born in the USA" in it. It's got a flag on the cover. On the um, flag on the cover, like yeah, yeah, okay. Like, Let, but because you don't like it, you don't listen to it, you don't know anything. Totally. 
yeah, there it is like it feels so like just incomprehensible to us and probably to you if you're fucking listening to a nerdy music podcast. I assume you feel the same way. <laughs> um, but the the not insignificant amount of people for whom music is mostly just like noise that occurs in the background of their lives sometimes um when they're in places so yeah um it's a but to to speak about the song on its own merit beyond just being like at a you know an american institution it is a to me it's a powerful song because of like how iconic the organ part is which makes you like instantly recognize it um the fact that like you know people pay attention to the chorus because it does fucking bang like the way bruce barks out born yep. in the usa but then the fact that like this is a song that became um you know like a fucking world i don't know if worldwide i haven't looked at but like at least in the u.s like a huge hit that is still being played all over the place you know 30 plus years later that is a fucking intense critique of <laughs> the american war machine and you know tells the story of the you know the the poor people that get sent to kill the quote yellow man you yep. know what i mean for you know fuck so yeah it's a it's a it's a great song and it's almost hard to like consider it just as like a song because you know like by the time either of us heard this it was already like a you know yeah, in, the, in the zeitgeist in the, completely exactly yeah yeah, what I mean, what I wrote is, what is there to say about Born in the USA, except it's probably one of the most powerful ways to open a record, maybe the most. Yeah, I agree. Um, I wrote anti-war perfection, anti-prison perfection, and honestly, anti-capitalist perfection, even if it's not intended. 100%. Like, yeah, that is at the root of what puts, like, just regular folks trying to live their lives in the middle of all this shit, right? Yep. So. Right on. Just a brilliant song. So yeah, if you're for sure, if you're a person that like, you know, just knows Born in the USA because it fucking plays in the background at a sporting event or whatever, like it is worth like examining on its own merits for sure, because it is a, such a powerful song and powerful um, album opener. Yeah. And like not overrated. Not overrated. Yes, that it's is like not overrated. It's it's accurately rated. It's There's a reason why it's such an important song. There's a reason why it's such an important record. Yeah. It is, it is, it it is exactly as deserving of all the, the, um, prestige it gets. Yeah. Nebraska, I would say is underrated. I agree with that. I mean, cause like the Nebraska songs are not going to be like songs on the radio. Right. Yeah. Um, so just by nature of that, it's going to be, I think underrated, um, cause yeah. it's totally brilliant. And, um, and given like, this is such a big record, we have been going long. I don't think there's going to be as much to say about Born in the USA and as a like aside from here and there some songs. Yeah. Besides us both going, yeah, same. I I am totally with you. I think we can do that and we're still so fam these songs I'm so familiar with. Yeah, I think we can do that and still be doing this justice. Um yeah. I will say though about the second song, Cover Me. Um I used to not like it, but now I do. It same. reminds <laughs> Oh, right on. I'm like it reminds me of Talking Heads. Um, okay. I think it's sassy. It's, it is sassy. And I think in a way that I think like a lot of like Talking Heads and like David yeah. Burns weirdness is kind of sassy. Absolutely. I can totally hear that. And it makes sense because when I was younger, I did not get the Talking Heads at all. 
like I thought they were kind of like weird and annoying and now mm-hmm. I fucking love them. Um, and so then like re-listening to this song later, I really dug it and I remember not liking it when I was younger. So yeah. Yeah. I want to say in, in this exercise of listening to this record, there were songs I would skip on Born in the USA just because I'd heard them a million times and I didn't care for them as much as other songs. And the more I listened to this record, the more I didn't skip anything. I'm I, I'm with like, you. Or that. I didn't even feel the urge to skip because I wasn't going to skip because I was doing the, the work. But I didn't even have that inclination to skip because I was like, oh, no, no, I like the song now. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you on this. Um, let's go to, um, Darlington County, that opening guitar. Yeah. It's a, this is, this is Cadillac ranch. This is, I'm hearing where he started. Like this is, this is the, where Cadillac ranch is the, um, the, the, what the Bulbasaur or the Squirtle. (laughs) This is the this is the next this is the, the charmeleon like of, <laughs> dude I did <laughs> I would not have understood what you meant at all if I had never been an elementary school teacher just so you know but I totally get that and I think that is a spot on yeah analogy. Pokemon's like ten, you're ten years too old for Pokemon that was my fucking shit I'm, I'm too old for it but my the fifth graders I taught fucking taught me everything I needed to know about it. Um, but yeah, dude, but that's that's to me like that's what Cadillac Ranch is. The Darlington County. Darlington County is a very good song. Cadillac Ranch yeah. is fun. Yeah, totally. It is like it is the he is perfect. I would you know not even perfected, but like this is the next version. You did some revisions. It's better. You know what I mean? God, dude, like just, the yeah. the uh, like the chant vocals in it. Yeah. Like, it, oh my, it's so catchy. I didn't write this down too, but didn't they, they they tell they tell the girls they met that each of their dads owns one of the World Trade Centers or something like that? Is I don't that remember that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it is yeah, it I but I agree with you. It's like a it's not one of my favorites, but I'm like good riff, solid song. Um I see what you're going for, Bruce. Um so yeah. The you got anything else on Darlington County? No, that's it. I'm just looking up yeah. the lyrics for the whole record so I can just have them yeah, in front yeah, of me because yeah. I've I've been sitting with uh the um the records in front of me for the last few, but now I'm at a point where I don't have this record, so I've got to yeah. No, I appreciate that. Um, so then it goes to working on the highway, um, which is I don't have much to say. I don't. This is one that this is one I came around on in this in this exercise. That's good to know. Um, he this this used to be one of my skippers. Yeah, it, fascinatingly enough, this was so seven of these twelve songs were singles. I mean, that's how huge this album is. This is one of the few songs that wasn't. Um, and yeah, it's just it's. I don't even know if I'd call it a skipper. I don't think I have many skippers on this record, but just not one that stands out to me. Yeah, I wrote a great blue collar track. Uh, would certainly have been interested to hear how this song would have sounded stripped down. Mm, yeah, like as a Nebraska song, not an electric yeah, Nebraska song. I can't song, imagine right? how that would have translated, but yeah, I would have liked to have heard it. Yeah, I hear you on that. Um, Downbound Train is an excellent song. Is this your um, favorite one? 
This is my favorite song on the record. Fucking got you, motherfucker. Dude, you always get me, man. I have tr- I feel like I'm <laughs> I missed you on Nebraska. I missed you on Nebraska. Yeah. But dude, I am fucking like on it on on these Bruce Springsteen records. And I think I mean of, of all the things I think I'm three I'm I'm three for five. Yeah. That's a that's a damn good average. Um yeah. I like it is I mean one of the saddest songs Bruce has ever written, and that says a lot. Yeah, it's haunting. <laughs> it says a lot. Um, but also, I think what I really appreciate about this song is um, it works so well as a full band song, and it works really well as a stripped down song. Um, like there is, yeah, I can um, hear that. Like I. I had to look it up, but you can, I don't know what it was released on or part of like, you know, Mm -hmm. B sides or a box set, but you can hear, you can find the like solo acoustic version of this, of Bruce doing. Yeah. I mean, I can hear this working, this working without, without the, all the extra frills and shit. Yeah. And I think so. Yeah. And it's haunting, but works is like a big filling up an arena and a like, Mm -hmm. Hey, intimate. It's just Bruce and a guitar like works both ways. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I just wrote this song's fucking haunting. Uh, life is fucking trash. The end is just crushing. Dude, that's on. all I wrote for it. Um, I will say, dude, it's it's impressive how much this song can can hit and work coming out of such a lively song like Working on a Highway. Yeah, I totally like somehow he is kind of all over the place in a way on this record. But it, for some reason, it all works for me. It's all over the place, but it feels like, yeah, it's got a better just co- cohesion, like in terms yeah. of order. Well, I feel um, like it does, like, I mean, I mean, well, you start out, out the gates, born in the USA, blasting, cover me, sassy, Darlington County, rocking, working on the highway, you know, still rocking. And then downbound train, we're going to slow it down a little bit. Yeah, totally. And, um, it stays not not slow in the same way, but like well, it now I think we're, it slows down for downbound train, and then it starts to build again. Yeah, like, and it's interesting too to think about like listening to it on a on the record. I'm on fire. The next track, and it's the end of side A. Um, like you know, it's I mean again, it, one of the huge hits. Um, but uh, like, it, it's like a this song always like sticks with me. It's like not one of my favorite um, Bruce songs, but like, I don't know. There's something about like just like the, the rhythm of it, the, you know, the story, like, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, in, in much the same way as I think, Born in the USA is like a perfect um, opener. I really like this as like the end of side A. Yeah, I wrote uh, I wrote this song musically has always given me police and U2 vibes. Yes, definitely hear that. Um, and which again, it's like, it shows there's a lot of stuff on here that's like you wouldn't think of as like Bruce stuff, right? But mm-hmm. he makes it his own. I mean, we've referenced everything from, you know, Talking Heads to Chuck Berry to the police to U2 and like yeah. yet Bruce kind of making it all like it's stuff Work. he wrote. 
you know? Yeah. Totally. Um, have you ever heard the Whitey Morgan in the 78s cover of this song? I haven't, no. It's really good. It's Whitey on, Morgan in the like, 78s. Yeah, they're like, uh, they kind of sound like uh, like Hank Jr. a little bit. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they cover this song on their, I think, first full-length record. Um, like cheap hotels and cheap bars and cheap hotels, some some shit like that. I can't remember exactly what it's called. Um, but it's really cool. It's a really it's a really good country record. Um, and I kind of prefer that version to this one nowadays because I I think this song does like give me such police and YouTube vibes that it doesn't sound like its own like it doesn't sound like Bruce like it it's this isn't what I go to Bruce Springsteen for. Yeah, that's fair. I totally But uh but that. I did one of the things I did write in reference to the last uh episode of our podcast that has aired. Um <laughs> this song has John Hughes film vibes as well. It totally does. Like it totally you could I wonder was this ever used in a in any movie? I don't know. Yeah. I would I would I would I would miss money on the table if uh if not. Right. Like totally. Um right on man fucking great song like and mm -hmm. i hear great song but not necessarily what i go to bruce for um yeah let's move on then um no surrender what precisely I wrote, what i go to bruce for <laughs> exactly all i wrote was this song gets me fucking pumped fuck yes dude yeah it's i mean again another excellent choice to like kick off the second the second half of the record um fuck yeah it's like but, you know, no surrender to me is very similar to things that Steve Roll does, where he revisits themes he's explored in other songs mm. and either builds on them. Or for this, I wrote this is, um, I feel like this song nods back to Born to Run in an almost doubling down on the sentiment. Yes, I can totally see that, um, or hear that. The other thing that, again, I don't have a ton of like fun facts about this stuff, but, um, this song Bruce did not want to put on the record and it was only because Steven Van Zandt insisted on it. And now, even though it wasn't one of like the hit singles, it is, I, I can't think of a concert set list that I've ever seen. He does this live pretty much every show. Yeah. I know? would imagine he'd have to. It's yeah. fucking amazing. Like he's done, you know, of the hundreds of songs to choose from and the way that they break up their set lists on different tours and stuff like that. This is one that's been consistent across like every era. You got to play no surrender live, you know? So I hope little Steven gets a little bit more points on the, on the package for, uh, for, for forcing his hand on this. Dude, that's totally. A, that's a horrible missed opportunity. If the song had not made it on this record. Dude, right. Can you imagine? Yeah. He, he I, I think Bruce has clearly learned to trust what, what little Stevie tells him um, when it comes to this kind of thing. Um, that's amazing. Um, the the only other thing I had written is uh, the opening lyrics of this song, pure perfection. Perfection, I love it. Like, and this song ended up on tons of mixtapes for girls. <laughs> <laughs> love that. I love that, dude. That's fucking rules. Yeah, this. I mean, this is one of my top. On, I mean, Downbound Trans is my favorite. This might be right behind it for me. Um, yeah, that's honestly probably my second favorite. Totally. Um. Let's keep going. I don't have Bobby much to Jean. say about Bobby Jean. Piano on the song fucking goes. It goes. I agree. I like it. I don't love it. That's, um, that's I think the out. emotion in his voice is really good. I can hear that think, too. Yeah. I think he, he emotes in this song really well. Um, 
Um, also, so this is a, a live, live thoughts while I'm posting, while I'm fucking writing this, uh, realizing at the halfway point, this record is actually perfect. And I'm glad he was pushed to make this fucker rock. Yeah. I totally appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, this, I don't think this is a song that I like gave much thought to. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, and me either, but it's it. And this is another one. I think Bobby Jean, Bobby Jean, um, working on the highway and cover me were three songs that if I were making a playlist with Bruce Springsteen, any other year of my life, I would have left those off. Yeah, but in listening to them through this exercise, I was like, no, these are fucking good songs. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. What do you think about I'm going down? <laughs> This is my favorite song. This is your favorite song? This is my favorite song. Again, I, was, I, I reached for Bruce Springsteen for the songs about nothing. I, I was fucking about to say, love this song. I was not going to, I was going to pick a different one. Um, I fucking love this song, dude. I, said, I wrote, this song just has it. It makes me dance. It makes me groove. It's just a great riff, amazing lyrics. And any dude who was once in his late teens, early 20s can go, yep, I've gone down before and it can be rough as fuck. But yo, yeah. that's relationships. I mean, and that says a lot too about I've, I've, there's a lot of random, I've heard Frank Black cover this song. I've heard, you know, fucking Vampire Weekend covered this song. Um, it's just, I don't think that's yeah. for me at all. No, um, it's not for me either, man. But I just, I just I, love how it. the, I love how the song kicks off that with that <laughs> riff and the, like the bends on those notes. Like, I think it's so, I don't know. I think it's so catchy. Have you ever seen the cover of the single? No. Look it up right now. Okay. <laughs> Am I going to laugh or something? I hope so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Look at this door. I'm going down the single cover. Oh my god! Dude, look at this what dork. Is, what is he doing? It's just so like this is the dude that two years before this put out Nebraska. That is so silly. That's him, amazing. He's, like if you know if you're not looking it up, it's him like squatting down in a tux like in front of a like you know neon lights like Times Square kind of thing. It is. It, I'll be. I think it kind of fits with the song, honestly. In some shiny um, shoes, and yeah. they've got like what, like metal, metal toes, something like that, man. It was. He's square. in some pointy. He's in some pointy toe shoes. Yeah, he's he's got some of those on for sure. Um, God damn it, that's so it's embarrassing. A, it's a real. He just looks very uncomfortable in the picture. Yeah, no, um, that's not a natural look. Anyway, that's how I feel about the song. Um, damn, I love that song, dude. <laughs> I don't love it. Um, I love, I love I'm going down. I think it's also just the fact that it's one that doesn't ever get talked about. That's true. Um, like, I mean, or I at think, least I think, I think I like the underratedness of that song. I can um, hear that. And I think especially, I mean, again, compared to just like the monsters that are on this record, I mean, I mean like monster hits, right. Um, it can, it can easily be overlooked. So I appreciate that. Um, for sure. Um, there's three songs left, and I really love all three, um, yep. but for different reasons. So next we come up on Glory Days, which is, again, a song that if you are alive in the United States of America and you have a pulse and your ears work, you've heard. Um, Absolutely. 
and similar, even though it's a very different kind of song, um, the similar to born in the USA has a, like an, an organ hook that really like brings you in. Like everybody knows that. Like that is just, it's, it's iconic. Um, Dude, I do want to just backtrack real quick and just talk about that. So from that downbound train, fucking bringing it all down, yeah. To I'm on fire, cruising a little bit up, to no surrender, bang out the gates, energy, to Bobby Jean, cutesy little kind of lovey song, to I'm going down, which is kind of just a rocker, right? To just blasting like that 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 the swells on this yeah. record are amazing the the, the dynamics right the like yeah he's just it's like it's a roller coaster so, yeah it's so well put together it really is and it makes it's me so well put together i i have to think that given the amount of songs they recorded and that went into this and then like the knowledge of like you know there was clearly like arguments within the band of like what do we include what do we not that the order was very very intentional hell maybe they even felt like the same as we did that the river was too all over the place and so yeah let's try to make this even though there's a lot of very different types of songs on it let's try to make this feel a little bit more cohesive and i think they definitely did um words right out of my mouth 100 100 percent. yeah um yeah, I wrote epic rock and roll song. And um, like one of the things I was writing, like I wrote, which is just crazy to think there's like 60 plus songs that ended up on the cutting room floor. Yeah. But like, I can't imagine being in the studio and producing this song in the same session as Born in the USA and No Surrender. Yeah. Like, fuck. like what the fuck? Insane. Like, I, I, I like to joke sometimes like, like, um, I, I mean, I tweeted years ago, like, like how smug was the motherfucker at band practice um, the first time uh, he played the riff bad to, for, to bad to the bone to the rest of the band just to show like I wrote this riff and just like yeah. to play that and like how like how smug you'd have to be like bringing things like that into practice or into a session and just for for Bruce Springsteen to come into these sessions with these songs i know like holy shit like or, or or is he just like writing so much that he just has no idea like yeah i, I, I do one gold right i wonder if he like truly like knows what he's got if he knows what's going to be like a hit or like it makes me so curious um yeah and it makes me i mean i won't go too deep into it but like the studio that they did um the sat the power station very briefly when my uh, wife was in uh, residency training as a physician, we lived pretty close to to this building um, on the west side of Manhattan, which is like a, it used to be like a, a power plant or like a, you know, yeah, like I think like a, a Con Ed power plant that is like a functional studio space that's been in operation since 1977. And if you look up the power station, there's the amount of fucking things Dylan to fucking, you know, obviously, um, Bruce, the clash, Madonna, you know That's what I mean? Awesome. Like, I, like just cute David Bowie did some stuff there. Um, everybody. So it's like, you, you know, just bringing that up that, cause I'm thinking like this all took place like right there. And like that question again of like, 
how dare you show up with this man? Yeah. <laughs> like what yeah, business like, like, sans like three songs, like any one of these songs could be a single. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we got two left dancing in the dark, um, which is another just like super catchy hit. And I, you know, what's, what's interesting too, I'm realizing about several of these like monster hits on this record. I don't think about like organ or synth parts when I think about Springsteen, but like the uh-huh. driving hooks on all of, of these songs are synth, yeah. right? Um, you know, cause that's again, what I think about whether the, and um, I also think I only, I, I, I think about Adam Sandler's Bruce Springsteen impression every time I hear this song too, um, in a good way. I don't think I know that. <laughs> you, you can just imagine it, and it's exactly what you yeah, think. Yeah, I was going like to say. Him, it's literally like, listened to, listen, uh, listen to the Hanukkah song the other day. I know, <laughs> and it's and I think it's I think in the in the you know satire version, I think that's the joke is that Adam Sandler doesn't actually say any words. I think he just stands up there with like you know Courtney Cox dancing around. I'm going like um yo did you have a crush on courtney cox also of course yeah let's go of course i mean (laughs) yeah dude dude 100 100 um fuck man we're going long and i gotta be real with you yeah we are i gotta fucking piss i gotta check on my you know there's a lot going on but i do want to say this man i think my hometown is a fantastic song this is actually what i was gonna pick as your favorite um, really so it's making me curious how you feel about it um i i wrote this is my favorite springsteen song that has this pacing oh okay that's fair i can totally hear that um i wrote great song great closer and i think another song that i feel like i've always liked since the first time i'd heard it but it's definitely taking on new meaning for me uh, as i raise a kid um mm-hmm. so it's been cool to like revisit it through that lens as well um dude we had a few other things we wanted to talk about like to kind of yeah, close we can, we can we can we can talk but, about that when we do uh shut up and die like an aviator i did totally. want to ask is is nebraska your favorite springsteen record it is I, it's nebraska followed by born to run for me what is your favorite springsteen song because mine changed literally today fuck I don't know, man. It might still be mine, down. Mine, mine was always "I'm Going Down," but now I think it's I think it's reason to believe. It might still be "Downbound Train" or Atlantic. I can, I can, no, I, I think Atlantic City. Atlantic City. Okay. Yeah, so we're I both. We're both, City. Our, both of our favorite records are the same, and both of our favorite songs are off that record. Are off that okay. record, right? So okay. something to fucking. Well, you about, you you go pee, my friend, and check dude. on your check on your little one. We will we'll, we'll talk soon. Dude, we'll talk soon. Thank you for coming on this journey with us and uh, take care of yourselves. Peace. Peace.